Welcome to episode 17 of Thousand Bill Wadman, and today we have a treat. It's a treat. I feel like that's an amazing thing to say. Uh, uh, <laughs> personal trainer Sean Zetland is here, author of Push Up Progression. Correct. Uh, which is in its second edition now. Yes, sir. What did you change between the two editions? Just so uh, It's fast. It's almost like the ultimate collection of push-ups. Yeah, we just keep going. And, and the idea, well, this is, okay, we're going to jump into it because we'll yes. come back around. It's a lot about body weight, bodybuilding, as Correct. it were. Like just using gravity, basically, as your weights. Yes. Is, is some people really believe in it and some people say, no, you got to use machines and weights and blah, 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 so you can calibrate it and stuff, right? Because yeah. push-ups depend on how big of a person you are. That's you know correct. what I mean? Like there's, there's, there's stuff in there. Yes. Where do you come down on that? Obviously, you like the, the push-ups, but I've seen you lifting big, giant weights. In yeah, I have been too. doing that. Well, you're right. Uh, so I, I'm a fan of everything. I should say in general, I'm a fan of everybody moving. And so, you know, in other words, there are some people who just don't move and don't work out. Yeah. And so to that, I'd say just to choose to move. That's number one. Okay. Um, secondly, yes. I mean, when it comes to the push-up, it's sort of like my pet. It's like my, it's like my second baby. Yeah. Uh, but that doesn't mean that I don't like free weights. It doesn't, like, it doesn't mean that I don't like cables. I sometimes like machines. Yeah. Uh, I have a love-hate relationship with machines. So I think overall, But you don't need anything else well, with that's push-ups, just, right? Yeah. And I, I think the, my biggest thing is when it came to the push-up, I would see so many people doing it incorrectly. Okay. And then they would go to the bench press and they would be super macho and they would try to like lift as many weights as they can on the bench press. And yeah. there goes like a torn labrum or, you know, they're going to pull out their lower back or so forth. And I thought to myself, well, if they could just master their own body weight, that would be a nice bridge to performing the bench right. press and so on. There's a lot of people who can't do a single good push-up. There is. I was one of them. Believe it or really? not. Totally. hundred percent. Okay. You know, you were, as I recall, you were actor before all this yes. kind of started. Yes. So what year was that? And where, where'd you, where'd you grow up? Yeah. So I grew up in Wilmington, Delaware. Okay. Far, far away. And uh, <laughs> I moved here in 2002 originally. Okay. Yeah. And I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to be an actor. I was an actor in high school. A lot of my friends like were doing the plays and I thought, well, that gave me confidence to do the same thing as well. Didn't think I was going to like sort of go that journey, but I did. And I loved it. And then college, I did the plays as well. And it was fun. I mean, I, I sort of had this, it was one of those things that I was sort of fearful to do. And I wanted to pick the thing that I was the most scared and I wanted to just do it. Like, you know, public speaking to me was sort of a scary thing yeah. or performing on stage was sort of a scary thing. And you like that challenge. I like that challenge. I like to challenge myself. Absolutely. Okay. And so uh, I was waiting for a big question. No, that's it. Um, and so, yeah, it's weird, right? So I thought, you know what, I'm going to do this challenge. And I met so many wonderful people. I got closer to people from high school. It was a sort of like a unity. It was like a group. Yeah. And it was sort of fun to play somebody else. It was really interesting to play a different character unlike myself. Right. And then so I thought, that's it. And the, the unity and the sort of who doesn't like the applause, I won't lie, we all like a little bit of applause and validation, even though it comes from within. So I thought, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, a little wisdom for you all. Uh, so I thought, that's it. I'm going to be an actor. I'm going to move to New York. And my brother was here and his best friend from you know youth was here as well and so I started living with them and I started going on auditions and you know I realized quickly that this is not just based upon talent I'm not in my small town of Wilmington Delaware anymore I'm in the big city and you I'm continuing so you know what your look is oh it's, yeah it's deep Totally. And I'm looking at somebody like maybe who's blonde and Aryan and I have obviously black hair and maybe I'm a bit taller, a bit more muscular than this guy. And I'm thinking to myself, how are they going to choose? Like clearly it's not based upon talent. So it was sort of a rude awakening, if you will. Yeah. I had a, I had a a long conversation with an actress the other day who, you know, has her master's in drama and all the rest of it. And I I just, you know, 
it's funny. I could be talking to you now and you might be some actress who gets commercial work and whatever it is. Right. Tomorrow you might be on some TV show all of a sudden and suddenly you're a star. Yes. And you're no better actor than you were six months ago. Correct. It's just like the, it's perception. It's so hard, man. You're right. It is perception. And it's one of the very few feels like you're an amazing photographer, right? I mean, that's, that's a fact. I can say to myself, <laughs> no, it's true. I could say to myself, I'm an amazing actor, but it's so subjective. Sure. And so you can keep sort of failing or it's almost, you know, like maybe I book one gig, but I go on audition and I don't make that gig. And I'm, maybe I'm one for 10, let's say, and I'm, yeah. I'm booking 10% of my gigs. It's clearly frustrating. So, sure. And that seems like that whole world. All right. So, yeah, so, so to make a tough decision, in so, other words. Yeah. Okay. So how long did you push that before you decided so to- So I pushed it. For, so I was just, I was mainly acting for a year when I moved here. And then in 2003, you know, I thought to myself a year later, okay, like I need, I didn't want, I was sort of, you know, like a waiter at the time and not there's anything wrong with that, of course, but I the wanted classic to- classic actor waiter Too thing. cliche. Oh my goodness. Like how cliche do you get, right? So I thought I need, some, <laughs> I need something that maybe is a fallback plan, like a, like a, a you know, like a little bit of a, a net but something that I enjoy and I and I always love to write so I thought maybe it would be writing so I started submitting some to some writing gigs and yeah. you know I was sort of waiting at the time I was helping a friend in the neighborhood work out and my background really was my dad's tutelage because he was a former bodybuilder and just what I sort of learned about anatomy and physiology in high school and college and so I'm helping him he's like yeah I gotta say man he's like you're really good at this like you're very passionate and you're patient and you really you know you kind of get it like I feel uh, you're like naturally positive. Like, I feel like I can do these things. And I never thought I was never be a personal trainer. I mean, right. you know, talking to a former fat kid here, but I thought, well, maybe this is something I really want to consider. And so I quickly got hired. And then in 2003, I was still acting and still, I was sort of split, if you will. I was acting and I was sort of learning the craft of being a, a good personal trainer by getting that proper knowledge. Sure. And then I had to make that big decision three years later, like 2006, after I actually started an independent movie, I had some success as an actor, but I thought, you know what? I was sort of being driven. It was like the universe was driving me to becoming a personal trainer because of the emotion I was feeling while working with clients. Yeah, you and enjoyed I, that. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Like, for instance, you know, if I'm working with somebody that we know, like, you know, Ram Buggy Jones or sure. Heather Conrad, you yeah. know, and, and having them do something that maybe they didn't think they could ever do. And watching the enthusiasm and watching the smile on their face, yeah. just the authentic gratification I was receiving, yeah. it almost was criminal in the sense I was getting paid for it because it made me feel so alive and so great. Yeah. And I thought about my own personal journey in a way, not to go off the beaten path, but fitness has been so emotionally healing for me, to be honest with you. And so I think that's why I'm naturally passionate about it. Yeah. And so if I can give somebody that same gift, if I can give somebody the same gift of, hey, look, I know working out is hard. I get it. You know, we all are busy, especially in New York. But if I can give you the gift of emotional satisfaction that not only are you getting healthy on the inside, but we're making these aesthetic goals happen, there's nothing better. Yeah. And, and so you said you were a fat kid. I was a fat kid. I mean, by the time you got to New York and you were in college and stuff, had yes. you had you thinned out or even I thinned out? So I so ten and eleven year olds was a little rough for me. When I was ten years old, eleven years old, Jewish grandmother. So it was a lot of salami sandwiches, a lot of Pepsi, a lot of Hershey kisses, and I just didn't have the coordination other kids had at that age. I was born with club feet, kind of like Tom Brady, yeah. and. Uh, 
just want to put myself in that category. So you had surgery when you were a baby? Um, I had surgery when I was a baby. Yeah, okay, cast sure. up to my knees, yeah. had the whole Forrest Gump look. And then I went to these camps of, um, and then even during the school year, uh, these orthopedic camps to learn gross motor skill patterns because you could literally throw the ball at me, like towards me. It would hit my chest and just bounce on the floor. And I would want to ca- catch that ball desperately. I just couldn't put it all together. Interesting. Yeah. And it was a struggle. And I'll be honest, you know, I mean, I think back to, you know, like the kids were very cruel back then and I wanted to fit in and I felt a little bit more comfortable, I think, with uh, little girls at the time than I did with like my peers who were kids. This is going back when I was like five, six years old in kindergarten. And I desperately wanted to be good at sports, but it just didn't click for me. It really didn't click for me till later on, till maybe like junior year of like high school even. Like it really, that's how long I had to work at it. interesting though that like if somebody was sitting here and looked at you and me sitting here, right? Mm. And they say- Man, that guy's in good shape, which of course you're in good shape. No, but I'm seeing your guns right here. Ladies and gentlemen, you're gonna see Bill Watson guns. I I He's got I, some guns. I'm in not terrible shape right. considering how much I do or do not work out. Okay. But 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 people would see you and they would say, uh, you know, there's no oh, that kid's that guy's always been in good shape. He's oh, he he doesn't know what it's like to not be in shape. And he, you know, obviously it comes really easily to him because he's all built and like good looking and handsome and whatnot. You know, right, talk slow though when you compliment. You guys go slower <laughs> with that. Talk slow. You know what I mean? Yes. And 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 I think that I think that some people don't don't always realize that even the people who are successes in what they yeah. want to be have struggled to get there a lot of times. Agreed, agreed, yeah. And, I, and, and I'll be honest with you, you know, sometimes in my own personal journey, it's sort of like, I'll admit, you know, you sort of want to erase those former parts of yourself because, you know, they're painful or they're shameful, but that little kid, and you're so kind to give me all those compliments, but that little kid made me the man I am today. Yeah. So it was all part of my journey. And yeah. I think, honestly, if I didn't go through those struggles, I wouldn't be able to relate to the clients that I'm able to relate to. Yeah, I have a yeah. friend, uh, a friend growing up who was a little overweight and stuff in high school and he like hit a wall freshman year of college and he said, I got to get in shape. Yeah. And he just started running and he would eat nothing but like tuna fish sandwiches in the <laughs> yeah. dorm and, and yeah. he would run. Yeah. And it got to the point where he'd run, you know, six miles a day or whatever it is, you know, yeah. some crazy thing. And, and I always said, how can you do that? He's just like, I'm running away from the fat kid. Right. You know, it's like, it's, it's this yeah. mental overcoming this mental thing, you know what right. I mean? But it, but it really does. There's an interesting psychological, there's, it's a physiological and psychological thing going on here where you, you want to be in shape for more just health reasons, right? Like Correct. I don't want to be overweight so I don't get diabetes and my knees don't give out and all, all those like standard sort of things, right? Yes. And of course there's the aesthetic part of it. You know, like I want to look good so that other people think that I look good and you know, the typical like brain things, but there's also a whole element in here just about uh, about about feeling like i don't know that 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 you are are reaching your own potential right like some sort of right. you know yes. and and there must be some combination of all of this that you deal with with your clients right 100% some it's all about i want to have a six pack some of it's i i want to look good in this skirt and some of it's just like i don't want to feel lazy and tired all the time anymore right there's you a know? lot of that yes and does 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 your training what you end up making them do to get into shape does that differ depending on what their goals are i guess is my question yes it does. But even if you take it one step further from wanting more energy or not feeling lazy, a lot of it is 
I want to break it down, the emotional aspect of why they're here in the first place. And it's not even just about your why, because that's so sort of played out. Like, why are you here? Why do you want to lose weight? I just want to lose 10 pounds. But really, why? You know, yeah. wh- why do you really want to truly make a difference? And then when you break down the emotional front, because this is what I'm really interested to right now with, with all my clients, including myself, this emotional fitness, which is my next book, and what I'm writing right now, the, the emotional and psychological reasons why people choose to work out and why they choose not to work out. Yeah. And I'll be honest with you, you may look at a lot of my clients who you may think to themselves, well, they have, they're fortunate to have you know, money, or they may have that look, the aesthetic look, male or female, that people desire. But nobody's immune, especially in New York bills. You know, nobody is immune to stress, and it goes even further than that: anxiety, depression. A lot of those people trauma. you think have it all are the worst off of all of them. A hundred percent. And yeah. everybody's fighting their own battle. And so, I guess when I think about it, is is that you know, for me, like for instance, I have certain clients that yes, they want the aesthetic look, they want the six pack, but some clients just want to achieve that goal of wanting to do a push up correctly, or wanting yeah. to do a chin up correctly, yeah. or wanting to do a pull up correctly, yeah. even wanting to do one arm pull up correctly. So they say to themselves, okay, how can I get this? How can I make this happen for myself? And it's so much that mind body connection, but not even just something cheesy of saying, oh, I believe I can do it. No, no, no. It's more than just that. Yeah. It's diving deep into that emotion and really tapping into these untapped emotional pieces of yourself to really put it all together and to commit. Yep. And I feel like if you sort of commit to, you know, if you sort of face whatever it is that you're struggling with and you can commit to it and you, you've heard that expression all the time, right? Gym is therapy, right? Yep. We all have heard that. But if you can truly kind of tap into what it is that's hindering you and befriend it. Yeah. And I'm not trying to take away, let's say, trauma or depression or anxiety from somebody who suffers with that. What I'm trying to do is help them heal with it. Yeah. And if you can befriend it and make it your friend, it's really, truly amazing what you're able to accomplish physically. Yeah, it's, you know, I my depression uh, has changed immensely in the last few years since I work out. Right? right. Cause I only really started exercising in any sort of scheduled way. I don't know, say four or five years ago. Right. Okay. Mostly when my wife moved in, <laughs> she would go to the gym and she'd say, you're a lazy bones, get to the gym. Right. Uh, and you know, I would go do some weight machines. I go do the elliptical a little bit, but that felt like standing up on a bicycle. You know what I mean? Like yes. that weird motion. Like yes. I do not like the elliptical motion. Sure. Uh, treadmill, I have a bad disc in my back. So like the compression, I just like, I can do a mile, but then my back hurts, you know, if I do more than that. And then one day I get on the rowing machine. And I was like, oh, I kind of like this. Now I'm not like a world-class rower, but I can go row 10 K today if I want to afterwards, which is 40 something minutes, yeah. right? On a rower, which yeah. is a, a hard job. But yeah. see, to me, that's me time with headphones in, listening to a podcast or maybe listening to music. I don't want to go to a class. Right. I don't want somebody to tell me what to do. Right. I, I, I can motivate myself. I mean, assuming I'm not doing something structurally wrong. Right. And I'm smart enough to do enough research and talk to people like you and know that sure. I'm not doing something wrong. Like some people, want to do it with other people. It's a social thing. Yes. Some people need somebody else to really push them. Yes. And some people, it's almost like meditating. Right. I'm definitely on the meditating end of that spectrum. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, 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 I mean, it comes down to what the definition of fitness is, right? 100%. And I love what you just said, by the way. I don't know if you realize what you said. You said, this is me time. That's so important, right? This is me yeah. time. Yeah. I mean, we're, I, I can't stress enough. I know everybody's lives are busy, but when you can chart, when you can carve or chalk up an hour for yourself, it doesn't matter what it is. And you, you know, first of all, the, you're, you're humble to say because, the, ladies and gentlemen, if you ever rode on the row machine, which Bill Wobbin is talking about, it is an exhausting workout. <laughs> it I gotta is a say, hard it workout. It is exhausting. It is not for the weak. I just want to put it out there. So I'm going to give you some validation. It's weird, there. You know what's weird about rowing? Just as a quick yeah, aside, yeah. it's 
It's like doing cardio and weights at the same time. It is. It's anaerobic and also aerobic, 100%. Yeah. It's exhausting. I've done yeah. it in the past. I'm like, this is not fun. This is like killer. And so, the reason I like it is I don't like being at the gym. Right. So if I can do yeah. 5K, if I do 21 minutes or whatever it is yeah. that it takes me to do that, yeah. that's a hell of a workout in 21 minutes. Sure. And I'm fine if I do that four or five times a week. Right. You know? Yes. And it's your time, like you said, which was so great. And it's self-care. And so if we- And it's a mental thing. It's totally- Don't you feel better afterwards? You Absolutely. Always feel better. So, uh, you know, what I like to speak to the people that do suffer from depression or anxiety and just can't get off the couch to the gym, or they can't get off the couch to the living room to work out, or they can't go anywhere because they're so debilitated by their own issues. But if they could, if I could just sort of bridge the gap a little bit with those people and talk to those people that suffer and just sort of take baby steps into doing something physical you would feel so much better emotionally. So where do you start with people like that? They just feel overwhelmed. Right. Right. Like how, how do you get off the couch to get to step one to the point where you can, you know, run a half a mile or whatever the thing yes. is that you're trying to get? Like, how do you talk to people into getting over that mental block? The number one thing I would tell somebody is to walk. It's yeah. the orthopedically safest thing to do. You don't necessarily need a personal trainer yeah. or somebody like coaching you how to walk. Now, certain people can walk with external rotation in their ankles or internal rotation in their knees, and I can go over all the details of that. But for the most part, everyone knows how to walk clearly. Yep. And, and and the idea of just walking, especially if you live in the city or the park or you we live walk in the a mall, lot anyway. Yeah, yeah, we all walk yeah. in New York. Yeah. But even yeah. if you live in the suburbs, let's say even going to the mall and just you know kicking it old school in 1980 and just walking yep. around, right, seeing what shops are still there. But the idea is you, you can listen to podcasts, <laughs> or you can listen to music, like Bill said. But I think the idea of just moving and really paying attention to your thoughts and paying attention to how you feel afterwards, because it's just like a piece of food. I tell clients like, you know, you could eat, I don't know, maybe something healthy like an apple, but you may not feel great after the apple or you may feel you may feel good, you may feel not. I don't know. Yeah. But the point is, it's just like exercise. It's not always a one size fits all, like you said as well. So the idea of just walking, for instance, and it could start, you could start with five minutes, you could start with 10, you could start with 15, yeah. but just pay attention to how you feel. Yeah. And I guarantee, guarantee it, I 100% guarantee it off the record and on the record, you will feel better afterwards. Nobody yeah. ever left a workout saying, wow, I it's such a cliche line, but I wish I never did that, or I yeah. wish I never made that yeah. effort. Conrad and I were in uh, Spain a couple weeks ago for our annual like you know trip that we take together. Amazing! And like in a week, take we me walked, with you next time. We added up eighty miles. We walked Isn't that you know, in a week, and it's like there are a lot of people who could not do that. One hundred percent, they couldn't walk ten miles in that. week. Yes, agreed. You know? And it's and, and, I mean our feet hurt at the end of the day. Like yep. our legs were sore, you yep. know, because you know. But I think part of that is because we live in a city where we're walking all the time anyway. Yes. Our normal days we're walking five miles. Yes. So walking ten or twelve miles a day is not a big, yeah. is not a big push. Right. You know what I mean? Um, I was going to say people, I'm 43, right? My wife is 43. This is around the age when things start going wrong yes. in your body. Yes. You know, like suddenly the past couple of weeks, like when I take my jacket off, I get this sort of like uh, uh numb shooting pain, not shooting pain, but like this numb, like almost like a funny bone kind of feeling in my shoulder. Right. You know, like, cause I don't know, I twisted something or sure. I rode too hard or I did a bench press too hard or whatever, whatever the thing is. Right. Yes. Who knows? We can talk about that. Yeah. But, or my knee's a little wonky or my back's a little whatever, you know? Yeah. A lot of people don't want to work out in those situations because they say, I'm already broken. I'm going to make it worse if right. I go and exercise. Right. Do you, do you have people modify what they do based on that kind of stuff? Or is it just starting slow and building it up? You know That's what I mean? Like, do you have question. to work around injury? Yes, you always have to work around injuries. That's a great question. I, I, it breaks my heart when I do meet people who are in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s who complain about and I, I'm, you know something that 
oh, I got something, you know, they use it as an excuse, in other words, you know, uh, I have a sharp pain in my elbow or, you know, my my joints are killing me. Uh, It's something very minor. If it's something minor like that, I, I, I almost take it as a, a, a personal uh, agenda to make these people and help these people move. Because the idea is... Do you think I, the movement sometimes fixes those kinds of things? Depending on how minor it is, depending yeah. on the specific injury, yeah. I don't even want to call it an injury. Yeah. There's a di- big difference between, let's say, having an achy joint and yeah. having like an ACL or MCL like ligament sprain or tear. Yeah, like that's the thing. So My shoulder's totally like, different. ooh, this, does, this feels different. I don't like yeah. this feeling. It feels like it clicks a little or whatever, you know? Totally. It's like, that never happened before. Right. It's not me making an excuse yes. about it. It's like, Nope, something's yeah. different. You know? And it's so funny. I'm going to be 41 in January, and I have a client who is about 62, and she had said something to me. Why do you turn my age? Because you're going to get these bumps and bruises along the way. And I was like, not me. And I'm not immune to it. You know, we yeah. we all we all have those things. Yeah. You know? um, like you know. And so the idea is that yes, if something is bothering you, again, depending how major or minor it is, you want to modify it for sure. Self care is everything. Yeah. And I know you know I know our times are always so limited, but extra stretching compression, elevation, yeah. ice, heat, massage, things of that nature to be good and kind to your body because recovery is when all the magic happens. Whether you yeah. want to build muscle, lose weight, never happens in the gym or even you know when you're actually working out. It all happens when you're resting. So proper recovery is everything. So w- w- when it comes to stretching and and sort of like uh, thoughtful recovery, mindful yes. recovery, yes. right? Rolling out. There's a totally. Right there, it. right, you know, right now. Love that foam roller. Um, the... the, the if you were going to say, somebody said, I have an hour a day to do this, would yes. you say half hour doing something and 30 minutes of whatever? Like, what, do you have a ratio oh, man. sort of? Uh, you know totally. I mean? I mean, I'll be honest with you. I'm so guilty of, of not stretching as much as I should. Yeah. Uh, and I I'm need terrible. To de- I can row oh, for 40 minutes, but I can't too. even get anywhere close to touching my toes. Like oh, my, my whole hamstrings are uh, so I mean, tight. I'm right with you with my flexibility. Okay. It's so important, man. Thankfully, my range of motion is still great after all these years. But I'll, I'm the first one to be honest with you. If I had 60 minutes, which is what I had earlier today, I worked out for the full 60 minutes. Now I should do some sort of stretching. Stretching, I'll be honest with you, it's the, it's very controversial. It, it changes all the time in the fitness world. When to stretch. Yeah. How to stretch. Some people or, or used to be got to stretch before you do stuff, and then right. people said, "Well, if you stretch, then you're weakening your muscles before you actually do." Right? This was the argument. That's for correct. A while. Yes. What is right. the current thinking? So the current thinking is, you know, foam SMR uh, foam rolling always works. It helps definitely. So you can do that before the workout. You can do it during the workout. You can do it after the workout. By the way, foam rolling always like if I'm falling rolling my legs or whatever, it hurts Thanks. like. A- Oh yeah. Every single oh, time. Yeah. It, I never roll it out and then I'm like, oh, oh yeah, it's nice and good. It hurts every time. Oh, is that totally. the way it's supposed to be? Uh, the more you do it, in theory, the less you should hurt. So I think but my the, rollers, the, the roller my wife uses, I think is almost too hard oh, for me. Yeah, I yes. need a softer one. You need a softer one, maybe the white one. But I'll be honest with you, the first time I ever did the roller, I screamed like a 12-year-old girl. I mean, yes. it was so It hurts painful. like crazy. Oh yeah, especially when you start doing like your quads or your yeah. T-band or your TFL. Oh yeah. yeah. No, it's nasty. Absolutely nasty. Your lats. Um, so my big suggestion to people is to get on the foam roller make it your second spouse enjoy it you know <laughs> you can roll up and down you know 12 to 15 times you can literally hold for 30 seconds 20 seconds for the muscles with an extra 10 for the tendons but whatever you can sort of stand but ease into it of course and this is important to tell the viewers if like let's say you're right dominant and you're tighter on your right side yeah. you want to stretch your right side a bit more than your left because if you stretch it's not like strength training if you stretch your left side and your right side the same yeah. you're always going to be tighter and imbalanced on one side right, right so the right, side right, that's right. tired you want to give a little bit more love to of course yeah yeah so you can do an active stretch before the workout. Let's say I'm, I'm someone who sits all day. I have a desk job and I have tight hips or a tight psoas or tight quadriceps. You know, a reverse lunge, for instance, would be a good choice. And if you can't lunge, maybe you could sort of hold that lunge position where both knees are bent at 90 degrees. That would be like sort of a nice active stretch. So, but you're right to say earlier, static stretching before the workout, it 
with not a foam roller or not a pinky ball is not the best idea. So you can certainly do that after the workout, but not before. But isn't it funny that that used to be the thinking? It's and unbelievable. Then they so how do they know they you're not going to change don't. another 10 well, years It's so now. frustrating. It's like coffee, right? Coffee is great, then it's bad, yeah. then it's good, and then it's awesome, now it's good, and then it's great. Yeah, totally. Uh, it's <laughs> stretching, because I've been doing you this can, You can understand why people end up becoming cynical and just saying like, oh, they're telling me totally. this line all the time. 100%. You know? And I'm coming up on, I did a post about this on social media, but you know, a couple of days ago was my 15th year of being a personal trainer. I got hired literally 15 years ago, but I'll say it again. Stretching is the one thing that definitely changes because the origin of, let's say your pecs, that doesn't change yeah. or the insertion doesn't change or the range of motion doesn't change or its job doesn't change. But stretching is something that obviously continues to change. So I think they're trying to figure it out. I think they're yeah. trying to work it out. But from what we know and this backing it by science, of course, you can't go wrong with SMR. The latest is an active stretch or even a dynamic stretch, a dynamic stretch would be something jumping like a jumping jack or a bunny hop or something of that nature Uh, and then you want to definitely end with a static stretch but I think the, I gotta get better uh, it's, at it. Yeah, it's, it's, we all you forget, do. right? You like, you know, you go, you go on the rower, you get off the rower, and you're like, I just want to go home or go get some food right. or whatever. But it sort of grounds you too, right? Like, let's say you're somebody who, like, if you're somebody who's anxious, let's say the last thing you want to do is stretch at the end of the workout. Yeah, you want to keep moving. And if you're short on time, I can understand that people want to obviously get the workout in, and stretching is always an afterthought. And as we said earlier, stretching is uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, it's it hurts. But at the same time, I don't know how much of say my back pain is due to tight muscles and tendons trying to protect the, I mean, I do have an actual disc that's messy. You just degenerating yeah. or whatever, but so much of that is just muscles trying to control that and they're tight yes. and that pulls and maybe because of the way I walk because of that, my hamstrings are tight. Yes. And maybe that leads to more back pain, it does. you know? So like it's all of this sort of, it's I like these loops, right? These feedback loops. It's true. And which by the way, makes my job so fun because it's not just about like, you know, boot camp style, which is not my style anyway, but getting people, you know, fit. It's that idea of, okay, not that I'm trying to play doctor, of course, by any means, but you know, learning about the person's body, learning what muscles are overactive and underactive and sort of. Yeah. trying to find a better blueprint for that person to move correctly and more efficiently. And so what you said is very smart. There's going to be imbalances. If if your lat is very overactive, meaning tight, and let's say you have very weak rhomboids and a very tight chest, then that's going to cause a lot of imbalances in the body. And one of the things that still blows my mind, by the way, for some reason I think of bones as being like the generals of the body and they're not. Bones are very weak. They're obviously they break and they're very brittle, but muscles are the generals. Muscles dictate where bones sit. They are the boss. Yeah. yeah, and so for me, it's that's so awesome to think about. The muscles have so much power; they have so much ma- manipulation, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, the, the Heather and I have had arguments about this lately. Oh boy, we're on the air still, right? Yeah. When I walk, my feet are out a little bit. Yeah. If I stand up in front of you right now and right. I try to have my feet classic, like parallel to each yes. other straight, that feels like the most awkward thing in the world. Like totally. I'm stretching just doing that. Totally. Is that correct or is that is that my body my body naturally has a thing that actually is bad for it mm-hmm. and I should work to correct that mm-hmm. and think about walking sort of parallel to, yeah. to my feet or is that just some people are kind of pigeon-toed, some people are out, some people are straight and that's just a function of the way your hips are are constructed. Well, some people are definitely like all that, like you said, and that's true. The idea is that you want to stay in the kinetic alignment as much as possible. So okay. when I say the kinetic alignment, I say your head, your shoulders, your hips, your knees, and your feet, feet including the ankle complex. So your natural external rotation has a lot of muscles that are very, very tight and overactive, but there are some muscles that are very weak. And okay. so the idea is we want to correct that because- if Strengthen the weak ones, soften out the, 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 the other ones, yeah. You had it, yes, exactly. And I think the idea is that that becomes your new norm. Your new norm is this 
external yeah. rotation. But if I can have you stand and stand correctly with optimal posture, right, and staying in that true kinetic alignment, yeah. you probably say to yourself, this is so uncomfortable, this doesn't feel right, I can't believe I'm actually balanced right now. But the idea is that if we can sort of retrain these motor patterns, those muscles that are very tight will naturally right, create better flexibility for you. The muscles that are very weak right, will get stronger. Yeah. And also, I should say, the muscles that are very tight can stop doing their job that they shouldn't be doing in the first place. And that the correct muscles can start doing their right job. Interesting. So they don't have to work even harder. That goes with everything. Yeah. Rounded shoulders, kyphosis, lordosis when yeah. it comes to spine stuff. Yeah. And you can go on. Hip rotation. Because of the way people sit, you know, it's something I noticed that if, if ever mm-hmm. I sit at my desk mm-hmm. and, you know, occasionally I'll like flip up a leg underneath yeah. my butt or whatever yeah. it is, like, it's always my left. Oh yeah. I never, I never do this. I always do that. You and know what same I mean? with me. And if the, if the viewers could see, I have, I'm left-handed, but I always cross my right, right over my over left. Your I left. never do it the other way. It would be, first of all, my left is very, very tight. I'm a lefty all the way. So my left side is very overactive and very tight. I have better flexibility on my right. So I'm sort of balanced that way. I'm like a little bit nicer and neater. However, if I were to do it the other way around, if you go back to the motor pattern for me, it would feel so awkward, so weird, so bizarre. It doesn't feel right. But Right now, I'm I'm in balance, so yeah. I'm obviously tightening one side and lengthening yeah. the other. I yeah. should be sort of st- sitting and standing like Frankenstein, if you but will. But no one does that. No one does that. You can't do it all the I was, time. I was sitting in a church pew last night at a, at a concert. There was a classical concert at this nice. church in Upper East Side. It was beautiful. But church pews yeah. are really hard yeah. for two hours yeah. of sitting on wood. Good for you, man. And like, yeah. I have like a bony butt, right? Yeah. So like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like Incredible my, calves, though. Oh, thank you. Yes. Um, anyway, you, you know what I'm saying? saying? Like, like, yeah, it's uncomfortable. It's like this is uncomfortable. It's like, I, totally. and then I kept trying to sit. Like, oh well, if, what if I sit and I try to position my? Oh, right. well, let's try to like open up my uh, knees a little bit so that yeah. like more of the back of my thigh is touching sure. the thing. Take a little bit of weight sure. off. Like, I'm trying to restructure my body weight, right? Yes. And it's just futile. In the end, the second half of the show, I I bunched up my jacket underneath my butt, yeah. so at least I had some padding. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. But. No one's thinking like it, or most people are not thinking about any of that. No one does, no. And and, and the idea is uh, proprioception, right? Mind, body, awareness. So the more you think about it, the hope is that you do it naturally. And that becomes a new motor pattern for you. Okay. That's the idea. In theory. Yeah, in theory. Yes. But then you have people... Like the reason I met you originally is, yes. is my friend Iran, who's who's this you know magical little pixie dancer. I think she's a unicorn. She's unbelievable. I, I want right? to know where like the horn is and where they keep where she keeps her tail. Like yeah, I I love that woman. Yes, but like you know she weighs ninety pounds or something like yes. that, right? All muscle, right? So right, and you see her doing pull ups, and I think to yes. myself, I weigh two hundred and two pounds. Yes. Me doing a pull-up seems like it would be a lot harder than her doing a pull-up. There's more weight to pull. That's correct. Yeah, but then again, I'm bigger, so I should have more muscle than her naturally. So is it actually harder for me? It is harder for you because you weigh more. However, if you talk about her body weight And most of my weight, by the way, is is in in the calves. calves. I mean, people need to see these calves. I mean, I... And the thing about calves, by the way, they're the one muscle you use every day, right? Yeah. They're literally the one muscle you use every day. People kill themselves for calves like Bill Wadman's, and a lot of it is honestly genetic. It's yeah, really true. I had never done anything specifically for yes. my legs. I had these legs before I was rowing and all the <laughs> yeah, rest of it. Yeah, like, yeah. This is just how my legs are. Yes. I have, I have a friend who has like no calves. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, Team mm, no calves. I have these little calves. And Hashtag I was just like, it. you want some of mine? I got yeah. some to spare. And, you know, but yeah, but like, yes. I always think of mine is too big. I can't fit my legs into oh, pants. Man, I think it's a good problem to have, honestly. I don't know, man. I mean, like, I can't fit. Uh, these but are one like. Thing I'll say is, uh, what they'll say is, no one keeps a Ferrari in the garage. So I want to see some shorts next time. I want to see these calves. But I do want to compliment Aran because. 
she's somebody, if you, if you look at her, obviously you're an author because she's definitely a physical specimen, but she didn't, you know, we didn't start doing the one arm chin up right away. Right. And I think the idea is, you know, yes, for anybody, for anybody. She actually who has, does one arm chin up, which people. is incredible. So it's been a long time coming. When she first met me, you know, we had, I definitely had to hold her legs. I was holding her waist. Bill's breaking things, everyone. I'm breaking things. Uh, he's getting mad. Uh, but the idea is, is that everybody's got to work on it. And so, yes, yeah. Rand has a lot of ability and I'm yeah. honored to guide her, you know, getting yeah. the most out of her as a great coach. But the idea is that, you know, we all have our own fitness journeys and we all ha- we all start from somewhere, which is the beauty of the whole thing. Right. And so, yes, if you weigh 200 pounds and she weighs 90 pounds, do you have more weight to pull? Yes. Right. Yeah. However, that doesn't mean that it's certainly not possible yeah. and it will happen yeah. for you if you wanted to. Yeah. Absolutely. It's funny. I can do, say, five or six. I don't do a lot of pull-ups. Mm-hmm. I could probably do... Chin ups. These are yes. hands, palms towards you. Correct. Supine. I can do say eight or ten of those. Yes, which is I, great. I could barely do one forward mm-hmm. pull up. Yeah, that seems way harder. To a me. lot harder. Much more on your. Believe it or not, the difference. There's a, there are a lot of differences, of course, between the chin up and the pull up. But the biggest difference really is shoulder stability. I don't care how strong your back is, your lats, your rhomboids, rear deltoids, middle, lower trapezius. I could go on about the back muscles. Yeah. If you don't have strong shoulders, and by strong I mean stable. You're not going to get very far when it comes to the pull-up. Okay. So keep that in mind. Yeah. And But pull-ups, I mean, that's an example of something, you know, we were saying earlier, the push-up thing of yes. people not keeping a nice plank positioning, Correct. going down far enough, you yes. know, staying flat and, you yes. know, have all these kinds of things that people do wrong and they got their butt up in the air. Right. Or they're only going down a little bit or they're all left to right, you know, bilateral, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. asymmetry. Yeah, look at you using the, I like you using the terms. I like See, that. you like that? I like that. Uh, uh, Making me, I like that. Making but, me proud. But something like like a pull up, right? Yeah. If you can't do one, how do you get from doing zero to doing one? Well, that's a great question. I mean, look, the, the bottom line is, as much as I love the push up, and we all know I love it, it's seventy percent of your own body weight any way you slice it. If you use a weight vest, you know those numbers definitely. So change. if I'm doing, if so, if I weigh two hundred pounds and I'm doing a push up, I'm basically benching one forty. You can make that argument, yes. But when you do a pull up or a chin up, it is your entire body weight. Literally. Yeah. So vertical pulling really is a true, really, really the, two, the, the true stage or the, the, the true measure of ultimate strength, in my opinion, because it is yeah. all your body weight. Yep. So my big, you know, look, my biggest thing for a lot of clients who definitely want to do a chin up or a pull up, we have to master our own body weight first. So the first building block in anything, just like the push up book is stability. So I would say to them, if you can't hold your own body weight with a bar first, yeah. I, I would tell them to use a machine. You could use a large band that would go underneath your knees. Yeah. Uh, most people have stronger diaphragms and their pelvic floor muscles. Yeah. So you could create sort of like this tabletop position and have your knees over your hips. So where your lower body is, is very crucial and important, right? To so how you're row or yeah. how you're uh, pulling. Yeah. Uh, but the idea is you want to create stability first, whether using a band, your own body weight or machine. And then from there you can, you know, try your very best to perform one. Yeah. But even if you're sort of failing at one, you can do, there's so many things you can do. You can do sort of a, a bunny hop. You can sort of do a power motion. If you can kind of have your feet touch the floor and, and, bunny hop and power yourself up. Get, yeah, get past the sort of right angle. Yeah. It's a little bit easier. It's that it, sometimes it's the lower first half of it that's harder than the second. Totally, 100%. Yeah. And I think the idea is that to stay with it as much as possible. And I'll go back to Rand again because she's somebody we both know. You know, it's not something that happens overnight. It truly isn't. And sure. so if you say to yourself, it's going to be a goal of mine, I want to make it a goal of mine. And, and you can sort of practice it twice a week, maybe three times a week. Yeah. There's so many now portable bars you can get that don't even, uh, you don't even have to like, you know, uh, destroy Bolt your home. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to nail anything in. You just kind of like it hang on the, on the uh, door frame. Yeah. That in itself would be amazing. Yeah. So I think the idea of staying with it, staying consistent, creating stability first, machine, band of your own body weight, and then just doing your best to create some sort of power motion. Yeah. And 
believing. Well, I mean, I know there's variations, but are there, what is the standard hand? Is it, is it width of your elbows? What, where should your hands, because some people are doing it. Oh, totally. Four feet apart, you know, their hands, well, you know? Right. And the wider you go, definitely the harder. harder it is, of course. And I go back to the shoulder stability. The, if you, if people's goals are, okay, I want to do a classic pull-up, I would start in the neutral position, meaning both palms are facing one another, yeah. keeping the elbows in tight. Don't flare those elbows. Let them glide with the rib cage. Coming in like that. Yeah. yeah. Engage your scalp. So your shoulder blades, chest is a little bit puffed out. If you have someone that, you know, let's say uh, their pelvis goes forward a lot, uh, I would say let's not correct it so much into a posterior tilt, which means if your pelvis is going forward, we may want to correct it right to find neutral. Uh, But I can get super technical with all this stuff. But the idea is... You know, you want to you you want to feel it. You want to feel it with proprioception. Which muscles are you trying to engage? Yeah. And so, for the for those particular clients, I would say allow yourself to engage your scapula and, got, and allow yourself to keep your elbows in nice and tight. And most importantly, some exercises are definitely more emotional than others. For a lot of people, it's very scary. It may sound silly to say this out loud, but I believe it because I was there as well in my journey. It's scary, I think, for a lot of people to kind of, you know, sort of commit to, okay, I'm going to jump up and not have sort of, you know, honestly, a net underneath me. I'm going to use my own body weight in this vertical position. It's scary for a lot of people, yeah, yeah, yeah. whether they're on the machine or not. Yeah, where's, yeah, where, it's it's sort of, you feel structure. vulnerable. You feel really vulnerable. So for those particular people, I would say you have to believe and you have to commit. And for a lot of times, Whatever it is, I go back to the emotional part of it all. Believe in yourself because if you don't believe in yourself, it's not going to happen. If you go into it thinking you're going to do it, it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. So yeah. we don't fear it. We want to comfort ourselves by believing we can do it. Yeah, there was a woman on the street a few months ago. I was walking down the street and I just saw her just like crumple to the ground and she couldn't get back up. I had to actually get underneath her and like, which is actually a dangerous situation for yeah. me because that's leaning forward and lifting weight is my back's worst totally you know yeah but i had to in order to get my arms underneath Mm -hmm. her 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 shoulder Mm -hmm. you know and i kind of like get her get her back on her feet and i say you know are you all right and she like leans against a wall or whatever it is and waited for somebody to come and help her and i just looked at myself and i thought my god i never want to get to the point where I can't control my own body right you know like that is such a nightmare scenario for me to be an older person. And I understand that there's certain things out of your control. Sure. But there are a lot of people who are 50 years old who don't have control over their own body. Agreed. If they start falling down the stairs, they can't grab the bar and hold up their own weight. Agreed. You know, and it's just sometimes it's for a lot of people, the motivator is fear. Yes. It is for me. Yeah. Like, I mean, I want to look good and I want to like stay young and blah, 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 blah. But like, really, I'm just terrified, not of getting old, but of becoming, uh, I, I guess it's fear of death ultimately, but you know sure. what I'm saying? Like this, this, this fear of not being able to control myself and being right. an individual, like a, a an independent person. Yes. It, 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 it's a scary feeling. Imagine like last time you were really sick and you're better in what it was the flu or a cold, yeah, let's yeah, say, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. or you had a fever yeah. and you thought to yourself, man, I don't feel good at all. I, I feel that I don't know if I can move right now. Like, I don't feel like myself. Yeah. That's a scary feeling. It's a helpless feeling. Yeah. I think what you're really saying is, I don't want to feel helpless. That's right. what you're really saying. Yeah. And fitness can provide you to feel strong emotionally, of course, but also physically and get your bones stronger. So if, like, let's say you're an older person, you fall on the street and you break a hip. We know that's a death sentence for a lot of older people. Yeah. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. And we can create better bone density and stronger bone density for sure. Uh, I, I think what you're saying- Who's your oldest client? What's that? How old is your oldest client? My oldest client, well, those clients I've ever trained is 91, believe it or not. <laughs> my oldest client right now is 74. 
And how good a shape are they? She's an amazing. She's a retired dancer. She still does some dancing here and there. She's incredible shape. She has amazing mind body connection, which is which is awesome. But her biggest thing is what she said to me. She's like, "Look, I've been working out my entire life. I've been a dancer all my life. I'm in my mid seventies, but I live in New York. I'm very active. I walk a lot. I don't want to, you know, fall on black ice and break my hip and that be a death sentence for me. I want to have as as much bone density as I possibly can." And that is is based upon muscular strength. Muscular strength, obviously you can get into the squat position, you can create stability just by isometric work, lunge position, push-up position, plank position, any position when you're isometrics, that's the founding, that's the that's the building block of any strength. Yeah. And muscular stability definitely leads to better bone density. So you know you don't have to have these workouts that are when I say working out for a lot of people, they 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 feel frightened. They feel, oh my God, it's gonna be like Barry's boot camp. It doesn't have to be. Right. Yeah. You're 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 a fairly built guy, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're larger than you naturally would be if you didn't work out. I would like to think so. Yeah. Just saying, I like to think so. You know what I mean? Um, uh, when you see people who are aerobically in crazy good shape, yes, but maybe have not a lot of, you know, density, like a lot of strength, like a long distance runner, let's say. Yeah. 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 Like all the, you know, these guys who win the marathon and stuff like they're just, they're little skinny bones and they, I mean, they can run four and a half minute mile for 26 miles, which is incredible. I couldn't run that for a hundred yards, let alone 26 miles. It's exhausting. Yeah. Unbelievable. (laughs) But then you see a lot of guys, right? These like big muscle people where it's all about muscles, right? But they can't catch the train. Correct. You know? Do you have an opinion on where in that balance you should try to sit? Is it is it a half and half kind of thing? I would I would like it for everyone to be a half and half kind of thing because you yeah. know obviously cardiovascular work is very important not only just for heart health but obviously you know where you know when you work out you know you're taking an oxygen but you want to be able to use that oxygen correctly efficiently yeah yeah and it's, that's that's obviously your VO two max and we can certainly get you know science and nerdy here sure. but the other a lot part of that of, has to do with genetics too doesn't it, it does it does have to do with genetics as well and the lungs that's why have, Armstrong can do what he can do on a single breath where I need five breaths to do right. it. Right. But let's let's think about Lance Armstrong, for instance, though. And, I, and, and I'm not even talking about the steroid aspect of it all. Yeah. Here he, steroids are not greatest cyclist all time, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. certainly top three or even top two. He runs a New York City marathon. He finishes middle of the pack. How can that be? Yeah. How can that be? Different yeah. form of training. So you can have great VO2 max. You can have great cardiovascular ability, but it could be just very skill oriented to do what you do. The minute you do somebody else's workout, you're kind of average. Yeah, yeah. So that's something to keep in mind. With these big bodybuilders, steroids or not, you know, the, all this anaerobic work that they do, yes, it's very important to have all this muscle because uh, for obvious reasons, right? The more muscle I have than the average person, I'm burning more calories per minute than they are, which is pretty amazing. My body acts as a furnace. I can, the rich get richer in that regard. Do you uh, really, so so that, that's the way you think about muscles. Having more muscle mass leads to more calorie burn which is just, it's just, you know, I just use more calories just living in the day. And that's the big, that plus the bone density thing are the big advantages of having larger muscles? Um, there's that. I mean, I think the strength factor personally, emotionally, mentally, and physically, I mean, I, the idea of feeling strong is incredible. Uh, I, I also think it's all about what is your specific goal for a lot of people. I have a lot of clients who definitely run, who are big time runners. And I'm like you, running from, I'm not a huge fan of running. I mean, just personally, it's emotionally, um, physically, and mentally, I don't really enjoy it. I'll be honest. I've run three miles before, but I've done it a couple of times uh, and I go, 
Yeah, that's not mm-hmm. fun to me. Like, let's I don't, not do that again. Yes, but for them, it is a lot of fun. And so I totally yeah. respect that. For me, it's important to have cardiovascular health. My dad, my, my dad was a professional bodybuilder. He's 73. He's literally got an eight pack and his biceps are great. They're like 20 inches. Uh, he's in phenomenal, shell, phenomenal shape even at 73. But he had a carotid artery surgery. He had quadruple bypass surgery. So there's some lousy genetics on our side of the family. Now, yeah. thankfully for me, I don't Did have- Did he do a lot of aerobic stuff? Too? He was more, he definitely walked a ton and still walks a ton, yeah. but a lot of it was just faulty genetics. Thankfully, I take after my mom's side. So my cholesterol is great. However, I still want to be mindful of heart health. I think that's very important. Yeah. So when I work out, I try to do things with weights because I enjoy weights, but I also want to make it very cardiovascular and very aerobic. So I'll yeah. do something called German volume training, which is literally 100 reps, 10 by 10. So I'm doing 10 sets of 10 reps, and I'm choosing a weight that I can lift for you know that amount for, again, 100 reps with great form. So not to not CrossFit, you know, rep number one really should finish like rep number 100. But the idea is- How much I'm, weight is that for you? So say? if I'm doing, if I, I can do 120 pounds in each hand, if I bench press, I can do probably five sets, uh, five sets at like six So wait, you're doing 240 pounds? Well, I'm just giving you an example for another type of training that I do. So if I'm, I'm just wondering, like, because that's a oh, lot of weight. Uh, so I'm doing 240 pounds when I'm doing classic hypertrophy, which is anywhere between six and 12 reps. When I'm doing the German volume training, I cut that in half. Yeah. So I'll do 60 pounds in each hand. Yeah. But I do like 85 pounds on a, I do 25 pl- on each side plus the bar. Right. And I can do 20 reps, you know, like, yeah, or whatever. That's that great endurance is like, It's great endurance. That just seems like hell to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're talking about doing like three times that. Like always, people always say, "Oh, you should be able to bench press your body weight." I'm supposed to bench press 200 pounds? Well, I mean, again, I I don't know who are this. It's an arbitrary goal. It's an arbitrary goal for sure. All right, I'm sorry, I cut you off. No, 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 no worries at all. So, but for me, so so one of the ways I get my cardio in personally because I enjoy it is this German volume training. So I'll do 10 sets. I'll do 10 reps. I'll rest 30 seconds to a minute in between all these sets, and I'm doing 60 pounds in each hand when it comes to like a flat dumbbell chest press, for instance. So by the end, my arms are screaming, my chest is screaming, even my forearms are screaming, but I'm sweating. I'm sweating like a maniac. I mean, I'm a sweater anyway, but that's great cardio for me. That's fun cardio for me. So I think the idea is that we all have this inner athlete in us, right? Whether you're a runner, whether you're somebody who enjoys strength training, whether you're somebody who enjoys chin-ups or push-ups or rock rock climbing, right. Um, And the idea is that whatever it is that's fun for you, to kind of engage in that and absolutely make it different forms of training. So you can definitely make running, you can sprint, and that could be more, it's still aerobic, but you can make it a little bit more anaerobic. Right. Uh, the same thing like weight training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, what, do you have feelings about resting heart rate and all that? Yeah, I mean, again, absolutely. I mean, you, I mean the so, better, the, the, the theory is the better your heart is, the more efficient it is, the, the, the lower your resting. My heart rate, my resting heart rate's in high fifties or something like that. Great. That's actually real. That's awesome. Yeah. People say that's, that's pretty good, but I've met people who it's 35. Yeah, I know. You know what I mean? Like crazy long distance runners. Amazing. Right. Yeah. Um, do you think that that's actually a, a reasonable way of measuring things or you think that's just arbitrary too? Um, I don't think it's arbitrary. I think that Look, most people are in that, you know, 65, maybe close to 80 range. Yeah. Uh, I think it's important to know your pulse. I think it's important to know your resting heart rate. I think it's a good barometer. 
for sure. Okay. Um, and I think from there, there's all these different kind of formulas that you can kind of find where your target heart rate zone should be. Yeah. And so there's something called the Carvinian formula where you're doing 220, which is the highest your heart rate can go, minus your age, and then you want to sort of times 55% of your of your minimum ability, and then you want to up at times 85% of your maximum ability. So if you're doing something called interval training or HIIT training, right. you can kind of find where you should be on the treadmill or the elliptical, whatever machine yeah. that you're using. At my age, maybe that's... 140 or something like that. It might I've be. I've never had my heart. I, it might be. I've been on machines and had my hands on the things and tried to work really, really hard. Yeah. I can barely get it to 140. I wouldn't be able yeah. to stay there for 20 minutes. You right. Know? And most people don't know. So here, here's what I tell everybody, including myself. Can you hold a conversation? Can you, like, let's say you and I are yeah. rowing next to each other. Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, yeah. Bill, how's it going? You're like, it's going great, Sean. Yeah. And we start talking about then things. Then you're not working hard enough. Then you're not working hard enough. But you still, I, I, I still want people to be able to kind of at least be able to talk. Yeah, and answer a question. And yeah. answer a question. Because if you're going like a million miles per hour, whatever you're doing, and you're gasping, you're taking these, you know, because when you breathe, breathing is your power, right? Well, I haven't even yeah. talked about breathing yet, but breathing is so vital. It's so crucial to exhale and inhale appropriately. Yeah. And so if I'm straining for, for a, a, a breath, uh, I, I think that can be a detriment. I really, truly do. Because people, we always tend, we feel good. And a lot of people tend to push. I don't want to have people push to this inappropriate zone, if you will. Yeah. So I think my big barometer for everyone is when you're on the, whatever treadmill that you're choosing, whatever exercise that you're doing, whatever aerobic capacity that you're using, I want people to still be able to have a conversation, but not to the point where they can speak a million miles a minute and sort of rap lines from Hamilton. Anytime right. I can get it in with the Hamilton talk, but <laughs> I, I can be able to say, I'm okay. I'm yeah. okay. I'm okay. Yeah. It's so important. There are people at the gym sometimes. There's there's trainer. I go to the Y down the street. Yeah. Me, and, me and Bill de Blasio, we work out together. I love it. And... uh there's like this one particular woman who goes there and she's got like one of the like trainers of the Y yeah. and she gets on the, the, the treadmill yeah. and she's stepping step, step, right. Step. And she's talking. So yeah, you know, Susan, blah, 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 blah to the right. trainer. It's like, lady, are you here to work out? Or are you here to yeah. talk? Yeah. Like you're, you're, this is not a workout. Yeah. If you can sit there, if you're not, you know what I mean? You're not yes. even moving. Yes. Like, what are you doing here? Leave. Like yes. you're being loud and disruptive. Yes. And, this is not the place for that. Totally. I think when it comes to cardio, but I will say when I do anaerobic work with people, whether it's push-ups, pull-ups, chin-ups, rows, squats, a lot of my clients like to chat. And so I- Oh, I get that. Right. And yeah. so my idea is, you know, a lot of them don't like to work out and a lot of them like to chat. So at the end, I pride it on sort of having these subtle exercises that have to really big results at the end. We're like, oh my God, the workout's over. I'm like, the workout's over. And they're exhausted and they're sweating and, you know, they're caped with sweat. And they say to my, and they say, I can't believe the hour was just, that went so fast. Yeah. So that's- Do you think it's a avoidance strategy, the walking thing? Uh, what, with this particular trainer you mean that you saw at the uh, just people in general like do you think I want to chat because I don't want to have to do the work I think that I think my biggest thing with personal trainers are in general and, I, and because I'm one of them I feel like I can say that I, I always prided myself in the 15 years of never giving a client anything that I thought they couldn't do on their own and so if I'm if you want to warm up uh, fine. If I, I would tell a client, if you and I were working out together at the Y, yeah. I'd say, Bill, could you come to the gym maybe five minutes before our session and warm up on you know something very light, 2.5 or 3.0 on the treble with maybe a 0.5 incline for five minutes. Yeah. And then when you're ready, when you feel a bit warm, you know, we'll start. You know, For your joints and for your muscles, just warm up you think appropriately. Warm up, you think warm up matters? I think way? it depends on- Because I'll go right now after this. I'm going to go pick up our yeah. laundry and go to the gym and I'll get yeah. on the rower and just row. I think a warm up matters a lot more than cool down. I'll put it that way. I think okay. a warm up is important for. I think a warm up for me personally. I, you know, I'll be honest. Even after all these years, a warm up for me is important just for proprioception, the mind body awareness, and to create an appropriate motor pattern. So let's say I'm I'm rowing, uh, and I'm I, if I'm going to row big heavy weight, 
100 pounds or more, I'm not going to start that way. I'm going to warm. I'm going to actually get my joints warm. I'm going to get my tendons warm, my muscles warm. But for me, it's just another way, a, a cognitive way of saying to myself, okay, let me get this motor pattern down where I'm engaging the correct muscle groups because yeah. it's so easy to strength train and work the wrong muscles, even though visually you look like you're doing the correct thing. Yeah. Uh, I think when it comes to row, it's not terrible. I do think the cooldown's a little overrated, to be honest. But again, I think when it comes to, again, if I just to finish the personal training stuff, sure. it, 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 it's still, because I work at a big box gym for my own personal workouts, it makes me mad. It truly does because personal training is not cheap. And you know we're all expensive dates. To me, if a personal trainer is not doing the correct thing, if they're on their phone looking, I saw it earlier today, personal trainer's on his phone, he's looking away, he's disinterested. And it, it really made me mad. Like I was just close to go over and telling him, get out of the game. Get out of the game because you're clearly not the right person to be helping this person. You have to care. You have to have integrity. Yeah. What you, I, this is my favorite line. Who you are in the dark should be who you are in the light. Yeah. And it just drives me nuts because yeah. some people aren't going to speak up and it's their hard-earned money. And it just drives me crazy. It literally drives yeah. me crazy. And then, of course, when this person's on their phone or they're looking the other way, yeah. the form is suffering. It always has to be about sure. form. Yeah, yeah, 100% yeah. whatever you do. And they might not be charging this $600 an hour that you charge. Well, that's just it. I'm try- well, I'm trying to get some pictures of Bill Wadman, right? <laughs> what, do, what, do you, what do you think is the, the biggest misconceptions that, that people have about all this? About personal training? Yeah. Uh, about fitness in general. Like, are, there, are, there, are there big things that just people get wrong? Uh, the, you mean the public? Yeah. When it comes to thinking like, yeah, I think that we're stupid. Uh, I like to think that I'm a more muscular guy than than the average person, and I don't want to be classified as a meathead. I don't want to be classified as. Do people think people judge you that way? I I think my clients certainly don't. Um, I think if people didn't know me on the street, I would hope that they wouldn't think I'm like you know this Italian guy named Tony from Bay Ridge. You know, yeah. I would hope that they would think that if I'm meeting you're them the one you're the sweetest guy they ever met. Well, you're well, very, well, yeah. I would hope <laughs> they would think that for sure. But I, 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 over the years, the misconception I think, and not not my friends, maybe friends of friends or, or certain people that don't know me yeah. would be that, oh, you know, you're just somebody who gets people fit and you don't really know the body or you, you don't know about physiology or anatomy. I think that's- a st- And there are some people out there, there are some, some trainers out there who really who don't. don't. That's true. There are some people who don't. So I think that's number one. I think number two, you know, all the bad stereotypes, right? That we're sleeping with our clients, that we're just in it maybe for the money, yeah. that I'm going to give you a lot of false claims. Yeah, you're hey, Bill, you're gonna, half of them. Totally. Yeah. Or maybe a fourth. Uh, <laughs> you know, Bill, you know, I'm going to have you lose hundred pounds in like three days. You know, yeah, all yeah. these just like crazy promises- yeah. That just aren't true. And to me, that's just sad because it really, you know, a lot of the times when I first started at New York Sports Club in 2003, it was real. I didn't have a certification to be fair. And I, w- I my goal, they hired me with the, with the pre- preconceived notion that I was going to be certified and I was in the process of being certified. But and I didn't train anybody until I was certified. So I wasn't on the floor until I felt comfortable that I had the proper knowledge. But these big box gyms in general, don't care about that. All they care about is money. They care about the more bodies on the floor. Sure. Uh, they don't care. They don't, nobody really sits there and monitors a personal training's ability. Hence what I see day in and day out. Even right. when I'm at a, even at a, a residence building, let's say, and they're fortunate enough to have a gym in the building. Uh, I see personal trainers who go there. It's the same thing. You know, not all the time. There are some great personal trainers out there, of course, but I don't want to, I don't want to see people being so disinterested or on their phones or not maybe having that proper knowledge or all these false promises because it saturates the market. And now with Instagram and Facebook and all these social media devices, right? And now is another channel for, you know, half naked people to make yeah. these incredible quotes or these incredible, which, you know, I, I'm all for a good quote, but yeah. you don't have to be naked to say it. Or again, you know, buy this detox drink sure, or sure, buy sure, this, sure. you know, this juice or I take mean, that this just pill. multiplies the image 
questions. It does. About it really people. does. And, and not in a good way. No. And online training, you know, it's so funny because for me to do what I do well, uh, you know, I need to look the client in the eye. Um, and I've done, I do online training and I'm proud of my online training work. I do enjoy the touch. I do enjoy, you know, the high five. I do enjoy the hug. I do enjoy the pat on the back because to me that's real and it's uh, it's creating that, you know, personal relationship with somebody, yeah. which is so important. And again, you have to have that passion. You have to care. And I, I think, you know, when I, start, when I see things that maybe other people are promising, I'm just not going to do that. And, and that might hurt my wallet, but at the end of the day, at least I can know that I went to bed and I did the right thing. Yeah, you, it's just too saturated, unfortunately. You're also fascinatingly you you are an extremely positive person. You're you're too kind. No, I mean, like, <laughs> no, look, like, I mean, jokes aside, I'm I'm not, and, and it's I'm I'm yeah. giving it to you as a compliment. Yeah, but you could also see it in a very objective way. You sure. you are a very positive person. Are you really that way, or is that part of the persona that you're trying to portray? Yeah. I think we all have a choice in life who we want to be. I'll be honest, uh, you know, I, I definitely went through some struggles and trials and tribulations that I've been open about and honest about. Yeah. And I've been through a lot of trauma as a child where I yeah. had, you know, the club feet, gross motor skills problem. To me, that was very traumatic. Um, I had some sexual harassment that happened to me as a child that I'm proud to say that I got certain help for. Yeah. And that could have gone one or two ways, right? Uh, and I'm proud to say that on my own, I was able to sort of get through those things. And I think as I got older, you know, and especially when I moved to New York, you sort of look at yourself through the looking glass and you say to yourself, who do you want to be? You know, who do you really, who do you truly want to be? I didn't want the traumas to define me. Yeah. And I didn't really like who I was. I'll be honest, maybe when I was 10 or 11, when some of that trauma did happen to me. Yeah. And even though I love that little boy now, and I'm very proud of that little boy because he propelled me to the man I am today. I look back, Bill, at that little boy and I said to myself, well, well you know, he was such a strong little kid, but he wasn't the man I wanted to be now. And I don't think I was, I was as positive maybe then. Yeah. And I, I wish I could go back and tell a little boy, Hey man, it's all going to be okay. It's all going to be great, but that's always part of the journey, of course. Yeah. So you paint a picture of who you want to be. And so I pride myself on being positive because I really truly believe in making this kind of difference. I want to leave an impact. I want to leave a legacy. And you know, it's when I like the client I'm going to see after you today, I want to help her. I want, I want to be the best part of her day. Not yeah. because, you know, I want to, you know, um, I want that for my own ego or my own satisfaction. I want that because I truly believe that's how we should be as people. I truly believe we need to validate each other more. Like yeah. you're an incredible photographer. I want to tell you that because you are. Thank and you. You, I've been fortunate enough to have, you know, you, you take my photos before yeah. and I've seen your work and I follow your work. And a lot of times I don't think we say that to each other. We sure. should. Absolutely. Or I train around Buggy Jones who dances for Paul Taylor. She's an incredible yep. dancer. I like to tell her that every chance I get. I don't think we do that enough. Yeah. I think validation goes a long way. I think it's, it's so important to validate each other. Is that a constant, is, 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 is the positivity though a constant battle for you to sort of keep it up or is it a switch that you made where now yeah. in the same way that you were saying about, oh, maybe the way you stand in your posture feels awkward now, but maybe we train yourself so that that now feels normal. Is it now your normal after 20 years of thinking that way? Um, that's such a, that's an amazing, by the way, of all the questions I've ever been asked, by the way, in all the podcasts I've ever done, that is probably the best question ever. <laughs> and what I'll say is, is that I feel like I'm genuinely a positive person because of the self-work that I've done on myself. Yeah. However, I have my moments when I get anxious. I have my moments when I get stressed. I have my yeah. moments where sometimes- You're a I, father now. That's a whole other yeah, level I'm a, of Yeah, stuff. man. And, I, and I'll be honest with you, now that I'm a father, it's magn- magnituded where, I, it's magnified rather, where I think about, you know, these shootings that happen on a 
daily occurrence. And I, I, my whole, my whole goal in life is protect her. Not to the point where I'm some other in her, where I'm like this, you know, the helicopter parent or the lawnmower parent, as they like to call these things these days. But the idea is that I want to protect her because she literally is my everything. I mean, besides my wife and my friends and my family and my clients, you know, you know, my daughter is, she, I look at her and I feel so much responsibility and she's so pure and she's so, she's so amazing. She's a marvel. And I have, I look at her and I'm emotional with her all the time. You know, I hug her and I kiss her like crazy and I want to protect her as best as I can. So yes, as I'm a father, what I think about is you can't, no one is hundred percent positive all the time. And so one of the things that I've allowed myself to feel is those negative emotions because that's part of life. I'm not going to just hide yeah. those emotions. So if I get, if I, I, I mean, I don't usually suffer from depression. If I suffer from anything, it's more anxiety, which for me is actually a little a bit of residual anger that I'm still working on personally. So uh, anger to me is a, is a sort of a, a emotion that I really wasn't allowed to feel in my life. And so now- Anger I, and anxiety are better motivators than depression though. It's true. I feel, like I, point I, feel of like, view. I feel like I got a little bit lucky in that regard because, yeah. you know, but- uh, just with my, you know, with, with just my path. But when it comes to allowing myself to feel anger and anxiety, I used to hate it. I used to struggle from it so much where, you know, I would want to hide from it. And now I want to embrace it. And so I have a lot of great tools, right? Working out is one of them. Uh, journaling is another one. I'm a big believer in journaling, I'm a big believer in meditation. Uh, but also it's become now to the point where all the work that I've done on my own and with my therapist, who's amazing, you know, it's the point where you, you have a better understanding of yourself. Yeah. I'm more empowered and I don't think I'm better than anybody else, let's say, who hasn't like gone through this particular journey, but I definitely feel like I'm my best self. And yeah. it's and it's right. I mean it's an incredible I think that's path. Also, you know, that's interesting that you said best self just because that I think is also true of, of people working out, trying to get you know, I will never look like, you know, I don't know, like the the classic uh fight club, right? Like I just don't have that kind of sinewy kind of body. Mm-hmm. I can look like the best version of me. Yes. Which is not the, I will not look like you. Actually, I'll, my body type is not actually that far away from yours, you know, but there's a lot of people I, I'm never going to be a string bean. Right. And I'm never going to be this huge hulking dude. Right. I, you know, because so, of, because of your bones. Yes. Right. Exactly. Just yes. genetics. Right? right. Like there's limits to what you can do. Sure. And I think so that's true both emotionally and physically. Right. The whole, you know, best version of yourself kind of thing. Yeah. And, you know, know, there's a lot of self-sacrifice, right? When it comes to working out, when you see somebody with a great build, like I'll admit there's sacrifice, you know, I don't drink as maybe as, as much as I would like to, or I stay away from sugar as much as I would like to, or I don't have cheese or I've gone dairy free these days. What's the problem with cheese? Oh, I know. Right. Well, I'm just saying for me personally, but I'm, I'm sort of like this borderline lactose intolerant dude anyway, but I guess the point is, is that there's sacrifice when it comes to food and there's sacrifice when it comes to the gym, right? I I don't always want to work out. I'll be honest with you. I don't always enjoy working out. I mean, I enjoy working out maybe 95% of the time, but there is that 5% where I don't want to honestly go to the gym or You're even like, work out at home. This is how everyone else feels all Yeah, the time. <laughs> but I'd still do it because it's, you know, I'd still do it because it's it's sort of ingrained in me. It's my routine. It's, it's therapy, as I've stated. Um, but I think that when it comes to, you know, when it comes to your best self, it's not about comparing yourself to anybody else or, you know, whether you're a mesomorph or ectomorph or whatever your bone structure is. It's literally about how can I push myself? What are my personal goals? How, being better than you were yesterday, in other words. Yeah, yeah. Like we started this conversation with me telling you, 
I couldn't hold that push-up position. I could not hold the neutral spine. I went to workshops in 2003 and 2004 when I first really, you know, immersed myself in this personal training career and field. And it was embarrassing. I got to be honest with you, man. It was embarrassing. It took me back till I was 10 years old being picked last in gym class. I couldn't find the neutral spine. There were instructors that were trying to line my hips for me. There were, you know, I had my peers trying to line my hips. It was dreadful. It was so embarrassing for me. Now, you know, and I was trying my best to obtain it and I couldn't. And so with work um, and with consistency, I've been able to do it, obviously. And so that was sort of this, you know, motivating factor to write these push-up books and teach other personal trainings with uh, trainers with these courses that I've run to say, well, look how far I've come. I could compare myself to, you know, Lou Ferrigno, right? Or somebody who's like, you know, but that would be an an insane comparison. Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, Sylvester Stallone, whatever. Their path is individual to their own. When you really, I guess what I'm trying to say is when it comes to emotional fitness in the book that I'm writing now, when you accept your path, because we all we all have the tendency to not want to accept our path, right? Whether yeah. it's de- we suffer from depression or anxiety or anger. But if you can truly accept your path, right? That's the first step. And stop saying, why me, why me, why me? Why can't I be like Bill Smith yeah. or Bill Wadman, right? With these calves. Why don't I have these calves? <laughs> That's the first step. That's yeah. really the first step to healing. Because those the, are the things you, you can't control it anyway. So I what can't do you, control, like, I don't need to be You so, are you. You're not going to be anybody else. And I don't mean to be so heavy on the show, but I mean, I think it's important to no, talk about, like especially with heavy. the Me Too movement. But, you know, the sexual harassment that happened to me, I didn't, I didn't deserve that at 11 years old. Sure. But to be honest with you, it really helped. It didn't define me, but it did do me a favor because it allowed me the opportunity to accept my path and to become my best self. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's a reason why... I'm going to go corny for a minute here, but there's a reason why we all sort of identify with Rocky or now the new Creed movie, right? Because most of us, not all of us, but most of us are underdogs, yeah. right? Most of us can identify with the underdog. Yeah. We all have something, you know? And how amazing is it to, to say, okay, this is how my journey started, right? And now this is how my journey continues. Now I'm in, I'm in chapter, I'm about to be in chapter 41. You're in chapter 43. Yeah. But how incredible is it to look back at chapter 20 and say to yourself, man, this is like, I was Bill Wadman, you know, maybe I was taking photos at 20, maybe I wasn't, but now yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, not yeah, to, he, not yeah. to embarrass Bill here, but now Bill is this incredible photographer where, you know, you yourself photo, you know, you're, you know, you're in the midst of all these celebrities and you've done incredible work on magazine covers and you have these books out. I mean, it's incredible to watch, you know, your own personal journey professionally, but also spiritually. Yeah, if, you, emotionally. if you step back and you think about where you're going to be in 20 years, it's kind of crazy, right? Like, it's crazy. Yeah. It's really, really crazy. And I, and I do believe like a fine wine, you know, as we get older, it doesn't have to be this pessimistic negative thing. Like, oh man, like I'm 40 now. So it's all downhill well, from well, there. That, F that. No, it's going to keep getting better. It's really going to keep getting better. I have so much more to do, which I'm super excited about. Uh, I, God, I want to end it there, but I have one last question for you. Anything. Uh, do, do you believe in, in, in making goals for yourself? Yes. You do. Okay. Yes. Short term, so, long term, both. Like both. Okay. I'm so happy you asked this question, by the way. Because uh, some people, some people are goal orientated, mm-hmm. and they require that in order to have something to try to achieve. Other people find it daunting to even yeah. define the goals, let alone achieve the goals. Yes. So here's what I said to people who find it daunting. I'm going to go back. I'm going to take two steps forward and then take one step back for a second. But if you're somebody who feels, oh my God, goals are daunting to me, do it month by month, right? So December, we're at the end of the year. So what are my goals for December? It could be something simplistic as. I'm going to learn to walk for 20 minutes every day if I'm somebody who doesn't move at all. It doesn't have to be something grandiose, yeah. like I want to like yeah. climb Mount Everest. Yeah. No. Yeah. When I first moved to New York, I'm I had- do five a, decent pushups every day or right. whatever. Right. Yeah. When I first moved to New York, I had a goal list for myself that was professional, but also emotional. Um, 
I make gold lists all the time. In fact, if you look at my notes, right, that notes app you have on your phone or I text message myself notes. In fact, on the cab ride here, I was actually doing that, which is so amazing. You actually bring this up, which is so incredible. And then I usually like to do a goal by goal list where, uh, let's say, you know, if we were approaching 2019, obviously, but in January 2018, I had a list of goals that I had that were professional and emotional. And then I rewrite them at the end of the year, right? So in December, I'm going to rewrite them as well. And I'm going to see the things that I accomplished and things that I didn't. And that's okay. The idea of a goal list has to be you are not to be hard on yourself if you didn't accomplish these goals because that is such a useless emotion. Guilt and remorse are useless. They don't serve you. They don't serve you. That's one thing I've learned on my journey. So to everyone listening, get rid of those emotions. They don't serve you. Only use emotions that serve you to your best of your ability. And I think if I, the idea of writing something down, by the way, like actually handwriting something down, I know we're all glued to our phones, so I do both, but I write my goals down as well and I post them up and I make them visual. It becomes real. It becomes real. And I have to tell you, the goals, I never thought I'd have a book. I mean, to be honest, not to be cheesy or corny, I never thought I had a book. I would never have thought that, you know. It'd be in a second edition. A second edition. Never thought I'd be teaching personal trainers that would be a course with the National Academy of Sports Medicine or International Sports Science Association. I never thought I'd do all these mediums like these podcasts, let's say, yeah. or be on TV sure. or radio, all the things that I've accomplished. I never thought I'd be training people like a Ram Buggy Jones. Um, or Heather Conrad, for instance. Um, so I guess the idea of what I'm trying to say to you is you just never know in life. It's okay to, to, to you know, have these big, grandiose goals. It's important, but it's also equally important to have those small goals. Yeah. They're just as important because those small goals definitely equate to bigger goals. And again, it's all individual, except yeah. your path to obtaining them. Man, now I gotta go. Now I feel like I need to now go you, work out. Oh man, you gotta listen to some Rocky music. <laughs> And you got to get on the road <laughs> you know, machine it's funny. Uh, and I, team calves. I, I shot a, uh, this young 18 year old young woman, uh, uh, for my daily portrait series. Yes. As she was introduced to me and they said, you should come over. To-. So we're up on the roof and we're taking pictures and she's a lovely young woman, very smart, very whatever. She's at the university of Chicago now. And I, I mentioned rowing and she said, she said, Oh, you know what you have to do when you go rowing? You have to listen to the Pirates of the Caribbean soundtrack. It's amazing. <laughs> That's and pretty then, genius, actually. That's was. actually very genius. That's amazing, she actually. She says it's, it totally works. That's amazing. That's yeah. really amazing. And, and, and I want to add with that real quickly is, if there is a particular song that does motivate you, yeah. listen to it on repeat. Seriously. Really? 100%. You know, there are certain songs that absolutely, music therapy is so powerful, right? And think about what a song can do. It can bring you back and can yeah. take you forward, right? But music is so important. So a lot of people don't like to listen to music when they work out. Totally fine. People prefer a podcast. Totally fine. But if there's a particular song that motivates you, listen to it on repeat. See, my problem with music, listening to music when I work out Mm -hmm. is that because I have a degree in music, like that's my education. Right. I, music is so a part of me that I'm listening to it and thinking, okay, we're in the second verse, which means we're one minute and 30 seconds into this. Like I'm, cause I'm counting the seconds. Ah, I do not enjoy working out. Fair enough. So if I'm listening to music, I'm timing it, right? Like we're in a conversation. I might get lost in two people talking. I don't get lost in two people yeah. in, in, in music playing. Yeah. Although sometimes I'll listen to music, of course, mm-hmm. but there, there are times when that's my weakness right. where I go, oh, that, that song's three and a half minutes long. Sure. So I'm only three and a half minutes into this yeah. thing or whatever it yeah. is, right? Yeah. Um, where some people, I guess, get lost in the music. They do. And the idea of listening to music, think about what listening means, because if this is your background, right? I'm, I'm not even talking about listening to the beat or listening to the bass, right? When I'm really asking clients when they're not with me, if they're doing their own personal workouts, even if it's walking, listen to the song, listen to the lyrics, listen to what this artist is saying that's motivating you, that's inspiring you, Yeah. yeah. right? So, I mean, I love Hamilton. I mean, I say it every chance I get, but the idea, again, 
underdog story, of course. But the idea of listening to something like My Shot or even the sure. first song, right, of Alexander Hamilton, you know, like him just, you know, I have so much more. Yeah, like what is that song? What is he even saying in that song? Like, you know, but the idea is that this is me. I'm Alexander Hamilton. I have so much more to do. F you world, because you know I had a crazy past, a yeah. crazy traumatic past. Get out of, of my way. I'm going to do this. Whether I'm going to do it. Or not. Whether, right. That's what I want clients to listen to. Not necessarily, you know, you know, the bass or whatever it is, the the actual instrumental part. Listen to what Lin Manuel Miranda is actually saying. Sure. Because that in itself can be so empowering. God. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, man. This has been awesome. We need like another two hours. All right. Well, we'll 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 do 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 a part two again. Okay. We'll do a part two. I like it. I like it. Thanks so much for coming over. Thank you for having me, man. It's been an honor. Are you, are you, uh, you have a social media or anything that people should should follow? What do you, what do you suggest? That's very kind of you to say. So it's very easy. It's Zetlin Fitness. So Z-E-T-L-I-N and then the word fitness, Instagram and Facebook. Excellent. Yes. All right. We'll talk to you soon, Sean. Thanks, buddy. Bye.